There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me as always, Blake Harrison. Hello. Hello, mate. How's it going? Not bad. Not bad. Um, I mean, we're here to to discuss all things uh, UFC 294. It did not disappoint. Um, I mean, we watched it in very different um, situations. I... Uh, treat myself to uh, uh, one of them like kind of posh rolls. Like now, when you go to like a deli, and like normally I'd get a French stick and just shovel the whole thing in my fat head. Um, but um, they'd sold out because it was about four o'clock, and I bought these little rolls with, like pumpkin seeds on. Looked proper posh, sort of things you get in a sort of restaurants that that I'm, I'm sure right. you eat in. Like, sure, and, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it ain't the sort of thing that you get in in an harvester. And I was like, I'm upgrading my roll selection. So I had some I had some hot rolls, a little bit of hummus, some snacks, and and I perched down for the night. I thought I've got the TV to myself. I can watch it all unfold at five o'clock in the afternoon, which is lovely, mate. That just sounds like the the one of the oldest things you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over that. Like when you started that sentence, like my anyone that is like under forty is thinking, right? He's like, I treated myself to a, I don't know, like a, a, a pizza, like a Domino's or something. Mm. Or did you did you get like a cheeky Chinese or, or something yeah. like that? What did what did you treat yourself to, Stu? Oh, I got some posh rolls. <laughs> they had the old pumpkin seeds on them. Yeah. Forty five oh. pence each, <laughs> mate, at the car. Yeah. Oh, and then I lit up a cheeky fag, you know. <laughs> Got out the old uh, gold swan or whatever it is. Ran a little roll up there, you know. Got in my cardi and my slippers and just enjoyed a little scrap, you know. I'm not going to lie. I popped my slippers on for it as well. Um, <laughs> of course you did, mate. But uh, meanwhile, you were smashing it out of the park, weren't you? Well, I mean, I don't know about that. I haven't seen it or, or, or anything. I hope it went well, but... Yeah, it was very exciting. I did the, for those who don't know, I did the uh, official. They kept saying I had to say official. Official. It was official. UFC 294 uh, watch along for TNT Sports in uh, a bar in London. And uh, yeah, I mean, I the rehearsals, I messed up bad. Like, and oh. also it was, um, it was such a unique thing. So like... When you're presenting, you've got the earpieces in, and I've never presented before. I've been a guest on stuff, and 
You know what I'm like. I love the sport. I'm passionate about the sport. I talk about it for days. That's why we do this show. Um, and someone asked me a question. I'll answer it. And that's like, that's easy money, easy work, no problem. But as soon as you're the one presenting and you've got to come up with the questions and you've got to keep the flow going of the whole thing, mm. like the, this card was so short because there were so many first round finishes probably helped me out. But normally like a three hour long live broadcast and you've got your questions and you're asking people questions and sometimes there's great answers. Maybe sometimes there's not. Uh, sometimes that answer will spark off a conversation between people or it just gets thrown back to you. And during all of that, you've got someone in your ear give it, saying like, I'll ask them this instead or yeah, we've got to go to break now or, you know, hurry this up a bit. You've got that going on in your ear the whole time. So you're trying to like multitask uh, and my tiny brain can barely do one thing, let alone two, three things at once. And, oh, well uh, done though, mate. That's, no, that's, that's fucking great. No, it, it, it was good. It was, it was good fun. Uh, but as I say, I, I messed up the rehearsals bad. And, like, uh, and I, I should I make this clear producer, to people, like, I can't imagine the state you would have been in after them rehearsals, <laughs> knowing that you then had to do it live. Because, like, for the, I'm sure that, that we've discussed this at the time, but you're a nervous Nary, aren't you, mate? I am, yeah. I'm a bit, a bit of a nervy bloke. Don't take much to, to fluster me. <laughs> I'd be terrible in the cage. <laughs> and now, Mr. Harrison, Blake, we're going live. I could just thought, oh, oh my God. Oh, God. You know, like anus was pulsating a little bit there, um, uh, but uh, but yeah, but no, it, it, I think it, it went all right. As a rehearsal wasn't great, but then got into it and it was good. And we had some really great guests on. Um, I think you can probably see some of it on the Discovery Plus app, but I don't, I don't know that you want to watch so many hours of that uh, of, of us just chatting about the fights that you've already seen. But um, I think the plan is for them to edit it now into like a, a half an hour long thing that they'll put on TNT Sports. So over the next few days, at some point, there will be uh, inter-cut uh, with the fights themselves, bits of our watch-along, just like the highlights of it and oh, stuff nice. like that, you know. So I think they'll do that. So that'll be fun. So you can watch it if, if you want to. It'll be on TNT Sports at some point. Uh, so check I that mean, out. I mean, shout the guests out, mate, because the guests oh. were amazing. Well, yeah, we had uh, Tom Aspinall, you know, and... Um, He's keeping his cards close to his chest. Obviously, there's a lot of permutations of what could happen with UFC 295, but I think he knows what's coming up next, and I think he's getting Sergei Pavlovich. And, um, yeah, either as a number one contender fight or maybe even a vacant title fight. I, 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 think, I think it's very possible. Or maybe even if John Jones wants to kind of just sit back for a while, maybe an interim title or something yeah. like that. So I think he's fighting Pavlovich next and I think it'll be for some kind of strap but I don't know for sure but I think that'll be pretty amazing. So uh and there's also talk of of cards coming over to the UK a bit uh, like they they're setting up UFC 300 uh which will be I think either late March, early April. So they're kind of shifting some stuff around so where we would normally get a, a London card in March there uh there might be you know a card a bit earlier in the year or there might be um maybe somewhere else in the UK as well they they're building a very nice stadium in Manchester so i don't know if that is a potential option so these are all rumors that i'm hearing i don't know anything official but there there's there's rumors going on so if uh, if they want to get a pay-per-view in Europe then you know 
Pavlovich versus Tom Aspinall for a vacant light heavyweight belt or an interim heavyweight title. Not light heavyweight, yes, obviously heavyweight. So that, that'd be fantastic. Um, uh, we also had on uh, Carl Frampton, uh, former world champion boxer Carl Frampton, who was a lovely, lovely guy uh, and uh, likes a bit of his MMA, but obviously knows more about his boxing and stuff. And then um, Adebayo Akinfenwa, who was so much fun. I loved him. He's, um, a guy, if you don't know, he's a, for, a professional footballer. Uh, I think he retired and has then come back, but he is the strongest player to have ever played football. Like, he's got the body type of someone that should be doing like world's strongest man. And yet he's played football, uh, which is just crazy, really. I don't know how he could ever run. <laughs> I think I would outrun him. Um, and uh, yeah, but he was really good crack, really good fun. If you ever played FIFA, he, I think he was like the strongest player on FIFA for a few years. <laughs> uh, but he played for like Wickham Wanderers and MK Dons and, and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, but it was really good. And obviously the card was 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 really good fun as well. Loads of quick finishes and uh mm bit of controversy and stuff so yeah so it was Should a we dive good into night it? good night yeah um let's do it let's dive into it so uh we got to start at the top and mm. um you know if you know this show you know we're big volkanovsky fans we've had him on the show twice so it was for me uh, given i was on live tv as well at the time it was a hard watch uh mm. that fight how did you find it yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I was, yeah, it sp- sp- spoiled me rolls. Like, spoiled uh... your part, no! How much were they again? 45p a roll? Oh, no. I might even have kicked a slipper off in, uh, in, uh, yeah, in, uh, in anger. Um, oh, I granddad mean, riff, on, granddad look. riffing had to pop a few words as originals just to get over that, didn't he? <laughs> Where's my pipe? Um, no, it was, uh, it, it was an hard watch, of course it was, you know, and, Fantastically gracious in defeat, and um, mm. we, I'm sure me and you are both going to come at this from the, the angle of Volk, but we, we we should also say, yes, it was on you know very little notice he took this fight, um, but Islam Makachev, I mean he's he's up there now, right? He's 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 got to be. He's, I mean, I presume he's going to overtake Volk now in pound for pound. Um, oh yeah, I, I think not he, that he not that to. Islam. Gives it gives a monkeys. He he doesn't seem to give a a, a a toss about stuff like that. He was saying in the, in an interview afterwards. He does, he does care. Of course he because does. Because he Everybody does because does. he mentioned it after the yeah. first fight. Because I have to say, look again, I'm a Volk fan, but I'm not. Mm. I, I I'm I'm not gonna. I, I feel like I can be objective enough in situations mm. like this. And I think I said on the post uh, episode we did after the first fight. Makachev should now leapfrog Volk in the pound-for-pound pound rankings. Mm. That was on the line. The, the lightweight belt was on the line and pound-for-pound pound number one was on the line. Um, and I know everyone was really happy about Volk's performance and the fact that he went up in weight and all that stuff. But for me, once that happened, it seemed like, you know, <sighs> Makachev rightfully maybe should have leapfrogged him in the pound-for-pound pound rankings. Now, yeah. I don't think there's any question. I think that absolutely will happen. Um, there's, my, there, there, go on. My, my concern on, on the Volk from... Right, he's you know he's he's post fight. He, he, you know he's the most one of the most likable fellas, isn't he in in, in the yeah. UFC? And um, and what I like about him, you know, is and he, and he I think he even mentioned it post fight. You know, back yourself. I always back myself, mm-hmm. and and I love that confidence. You know, that confidence and to go, yep, I'll take this on eleven days' notice. Let's let's do it. And uh, I love that about him. I hope this loss in the fashion that it was doesn't 
get into his head that much and and dampen that <laughs> self belief, you know, because you know he then said, "Get me fighting in three months." You know, he what he wants to Poirier and Jesus, that's a big fight with somebody that he's a very big hitter. And and make no mistake, you know, he's he's one of the goats of that division, Volk. And and I just hope that he can bounce back from that and and it wasn't my only worry is it wasn't a, a long fight where cardio kind of played a part in it and you know, he could go, Do you know what I took it? I didn't really get in the shape that I needed to be in that. It was a fucking ferocious head kick and some vicious ground and panned. Um, and so I, I, I hope it doesn't have too much of a knock on to, uh, to have Volk sees himself as a fighter because he's got a, a big fight coming his way. I, so I, I've, I've got a lot of thoughts on, on Volk. Um, did you watch the post fight press conference? No, I would, I would recommend you watch it. It, it, it Volk really opened up about a few things in the post fight press conference. He was very emotional. Um, I'm genuinely a bit concerned for him in terms of the way he was talking about being out of camp and not having a fight booked and not training I, and how I did that see is affecting this. I did see this. his mental health. Yeah. And he can't be he sitting took, at home, he was he saying. He can't be sitting at home, he gets in his head, all that kind of stuff, whatever. It was really quite much. I really recommend you, you, you go and, and watch it because, I mean, look, I can't relate to the job that Volk does, but I can definitely relate to having your self-worth wrapped up in your job and as an actor when you're the hardest part of being an actor is when you're not working and you know you love the job so much you 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 love the camaraderie of being on set or on stage with with a, a group of people you you know you love embodying a different character all that stuff and when the phone's not ringing and you're not working and months and months go by you might audition and not get it you're scrolling through instagram and you're seeing other people get jobs and stuff like that it it affects you it gets bad and to be honest for me this whole podcast is an absolute godsend for me because it gives me something else to focus on because without this all I would be thinking about and like Volk said I've got two beautiful kids I've got a wonderful wife I've got a lovely little life but when I'm not working as an actor it can massively impact my emotional state and having this as a distraction as something I can really put myself into and my efforts and energies into and stuff is a real godsend for me. So I can definitely relate to that thing of I'm not doing the thing I love to do and it's really pulling me down. And that's why I think Volk took this fight on such short notice. You look at his body. I know that he is up a weight class, but I think you compare his body last night to his body yeah. when he fought Islam in February. It's different body, man. He, this, he got off the couch to do this. There was talk of he was training and doing this. He wasn't training properly. He, you could see he was just soft. He was just physically soft. Now, obviously, he could probably do that and contend with a lot of people because Volk is, as you say, one of the best, I think Gifted. one of the best mm. fighters to ever be around. I think he's that good. Um, but Islam Makachev is also a phenomenal, phenomenal fighter. You can't just yeah. get off the couch and fight Islam Makachev. It is, you can't do it. Um, so, I mean, that's not taking anything away from Islam. 
They prepped that head kick. He was talking about going low. He went to leg kick. He went to body kick. Then he went high. You know, he was planning that. In the clinch, he was he was very good as well, landing those knees. And and they said that, didn't they? Because Vol- Volk had his hand up. You know, he was in guard. Yeah. But it was just such a well-positioned, and it just caught yeah. him literally on the top of his skull. And yeah. it was... Well, uh, was his was his hand lower because he'd already been kicked to the legs, kicked to the body, so he was expecting it to go a bit lower. Uh, no, I, I I thought he still had his head guard up. Like he, no, his hand he, was lit. It's not it's not boxing or Muay Thai, though, is it? You haven't got that glove with the extra pad in it. Like you I keep suppose, your hands here in boxing, mm. and that protects you. But in MMA, it's got to be. It's got yeah. like you're blocking the kicks like that. That's how you're blocking sure. the kicks in 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 because otherwise. You know, as you say, it'll clip the top of your head or, or whatever. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he didn't have his hands up enough in, in, in that moment, clearly. But I, the way he was talking afterwards about, give me that fight in January, I can't be sitting around, that's alarm bells for me. That makes me worry on multiple levels. One, it makes me think, mate, you've just been viciously knocked out. I also thought, not that I want to question Mark Goddard, but it did look like he ate a few more shots than he needed to eat on the ground his head was just kind of flopping around a little bit vicious head kick nasty ground and pound unanswered strikes I think he was knocked out and still continued to hit a few times um then uh if he goes and fights to Puria in January that means he's back into training and sparring and all that kind of stuff almost straight away not giving himself a break and he's fighting a guy in Ilya Tapuria that is very very good I don't think the wrestling would concern Volk but he cracks. Tapuria knocked out Jai Herbert, who is a lightweight. I don't want to say with ease, that sounds disrespectful to Jai Herbert, but God. No, he Jai, I think Jai was winning that fight, but that, that knockout Jai was won the first round. ferocious. It was ferocious. That Ilya Tapuria can crack. And I don't think we should see Volk fight Ilya Tapuria until at the earliest, I would say, April, May. At the mm. earliest. I'd. Not January. Don't don't do that. I I would. I, I hope his team are around him saying no, no, we're not doing it in January. You've got to take time off. You've got to recover, and also you've got to. I would say, and this sounds like a big thing, but I think a lot of people need this. I don't think mental health is. is I think we're all what far more aware of mental health than what we used to be, and I think that going to talk to someone professionally is a fantastic thing to do. And I think that if he's someone in a situation where he is on a bit of a downward spiral, if he's not doing this, the man's 35 years old. He's not going to be doing this for too long. Like, if he carries on with that mentality, let's say, I'm putting out a worst-case scenario here, but let's say he's lost to Islam, then he fights Tapuria in January, and he gets knocked out by Tapuria because he didn't give himself enough time to recover. If he's of the mindset of, I've got to be in camp, I've got to be in camp, we might see him fight again in May against, I don't know, Arnold Allen or something like that. Or, or, or maybe a re, probably a rematch against Tapuri or whatever. Then he's staring down the barrel of a three-fight losing streak, maybe three knockouts for all we know. And it just it, it could go the way of some of these fighters we've seen before that have had these huge declines <coughs> after being great champions. And I don't want that for Volk. I really don't want that for Volk. So... That, that really... whole, that sort of thing of like nervous energy, just cru- like cruising on nervous energy all the time, like that being what's driving you, like that, 
that depletes. That's not like your mind needs to switch off, and you do need that downtime at home, and you can't be like it will. It will. (coughs) Yeah, will it? It it, it, be potentially be the end of your career. You need to find value in yourself as a as a a, a person and be comfortable in, in 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 just what you're doing as you know hobbies or other avenues of life outside of fighting. Because as I say, you you can't fight at the top level, particularly in the lower weight classes. I mean, I think he's a freak as it is. To be 35 years old, to be a, such a dominant, such a dominant champion at featherweight and do what he did against Makachev in the first fight, I, I mean, he's he, he, that's freakish to be that old mm-hmm. and, and doing that mm-hmm. in those weight classes. Father time gets us all in the end and there will be a point where Volk just declines and I would Mm. like to see him sort of I'm not calling for him to retire don't get a mistake I'm not doing that what I'm I just want him to take time and make sure that he's looking after himself before coming back and then you Mm. know if he wants to fight and eventually gets beat and then continues to fight for a little bit fine as long as we're not looking at Oh god, he's now staring down a five-six fight losing streak or something like that, and or he's he's getting knocked out more regularly because he's not allowing his brain to recover from what happened to him. I'm painting a bleak picture, and I'm sort of going worst case scenario here. So you know, I'm, I know I'm being maybe slightly dramatic with it. I agree, but I, uh, I, I agree that that sit tight till like yeah. say April May, like just Do- recover. At least six months. Take six months, and, and also uh, what's what's hopefully going to be good for him is he's in. Sort of company. I know they live in technically different countries, but Adesanya came out recently and said, I ain't going to fight for a while. I'm taking a long, long, long break because I've been so active. Volk has been incredibly active. Take your time. Find something outside of the cage that brings you joy. And then when you've had a bit of distance from it, then come back to it and go, oh, yeah, I love this. And do that. Mm. That's that's what I would like to see for for Volk really, and and I think you know yeah, there's no harm in Tapuria waiting. I think there, there's no problem with that. Make that fight in at the earliest, as I say, May. And if for yeah. some reason the UFC aren't happy with that, they want a title fight and they need to make some kind of interim fight. Then sure, I don't like the interim fight because you can't overlook Max Holloway in an interim fight, and I really, really have not really got any interest in Volk versus Holloway four. No. I've got no, no interest in it. So if you make Tapuria versus Holloway, you are setting yourself up for the possibility. If Tapuria beats Holloway, then you're like, oh my God, Volk v Tapuria is huge. So risk and reward, sure. But if Holloway beats him, then you have to make Volk Holloway four. And I don't think anyone yeah. wants to see it. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. so. So Islam. Yeah, let's move on to Islam. Um, so I imagine... The, the Charles fight is probably going to be the next fight, but is that the fight you want to see? No, no. Dana's come out and said he, he's probably going to make the Charles fight. I, I don't, I don't want to see it. He dispatched of Charles very easily. Um, yes, Charles had that great win over Benil Dariush, but guess who else had a really great win recently? That Islam has not fought and is a fresh matchup. Justin Gaethje head kick yeah, Dustin Poirier. Let's That's give it to Gaethje. That's the fight. That's the fight. I think Dana's saying Oliveira. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't think Gaethje does well against Islam. I, I don't see anyone. I, I don't know. I mean, someone like Gamrot or Sarukian 
maybe could trouble Islam. But Islam's striking. Got, um, he's fighting Josh Emmett, isn't he? No, Josh Emmett's bantamweight. Uh... Sorry, um, fighting. Um, oh, what's his name? He's got a fight lined up. Um, Are we going to have to look this up? Oh. Uh, ignore me. Ignore me. He's gone. Right, um, why don't you look it up? But anyway, like, but Sarukian and Gamrot are the guys that can really compete with him in the wrestling. But I think Islam probably outstrikes them. Uh, so there, there's that. But I think Gaethje's deserved deserves it. He's earned it. Is he the most competitive matchup for Islam? I don't think so because I just think Islam. I don't think Gaethje's ground. His wrestling's good and and what's that? But his jujitsu's just. Not good enough. We 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 saw it with Oliveira. We saw it with with Khabib. And I know I'm talking about the elite of the elite in those two guys, but I think Islam is in. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. That pedigree. So... Uh, so yeah, I, I don't see Gaethje doing much against Islam, but it's the fight that I think we should see, and it's a fresh matchup. The other thing to point out is Islam Makhachev has had two title defenses at lightweight. Stu, do you know what the record is for title defenses at lightweight? Go on. Three. Who is that? Khabib. That's the, the. Do you know what they said this last night? Yeah, it's now so, it's now ringing true in my but head. Is isn't it weird that Islam Makhachev is one fight away from tying the record in lightweight title defenses? He's not even defended his belt against a lightweight yet. He's defended that's crazy. his belt against the same featherweight. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah, it's Alexander Volkanovsky, who I think is one of the best. And I think what we'll see is that Alexander Volkanovsky in that first fight was Islam's toughest fight. Even if Islam fights Gaethje, Oliveira again, whoever it is, it could be his toughest fight uh, at the end of his career. So, I mean, still great wins, but interesting, isn't it, that his two lightweight title defences have come against the featherweight and he could match the record after one more fight. So, I don't want him to match that record having another rematch. It's a little bit boring. And I know Oliveira sort of earned it, but so has Gaethje. So I just think, 
Give it to Gaethje. Gaethje's probably ready to go. Oliveira's got that cut. I don't know how long that takes to heal. But Gaethje's probably ready to go. He was in Usman's training camp and all that stuff. Islam Makachev is probably ready. I know the weight cut's a lot for Islam, so he probably needs to recover from the weight cut rather than the fight. But whenever Islam is next ready to go, let's try and hurry him up a little bit and let's make it Gaethje. Let's make it Gaethje. Let's get that going ASAP. And there you go. That, that, that's the fight to make, I, I, I think. I, I, don't, I don't have any interest in Islam moving up yet. Mm. I think if you're Islam Makachev, break the record. Become the long, like, get like, the Khabib shadow will always loom uh, with Islam because Khabib's such a star. But if Islam can go out and beat Gaethje and then can go out and beat either Oliveira again or one of these other guys like a Gamrot or, 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 or someone like that, then I, I, I think you have to go, well, he has the most uh, lightweight title defences ever. He's got to be one of the best lightweights to, to, mm. to have done that. So I think that Incidentally, really helps with that. Armin's next fight, I found out, um, it's, it's not confirmed, but it's rumoured to be Darius. That's a good fight. That's a great mm. fight. That's the type of fight we need at lightweight. We, and, but mm. Benny Darius, Justin Gaethje, they're the ones in the top of that division that go, go on then, let's fight the Fazeebs, the Gamrots, the, the Sarukians. They're, they're, that's, that's what you like to see. Um, unfortunately, there's a, there's a few others that maybe don't fight backwards enough because they're such big big names and, and, and whatever else. But, um, but yeah, I've got no interest in Islam going up to welterweight yet. If he wins maybe another two, then... If he wants to go out to welterweight and have a champ champ fight, you can't knock that. He's he's done enough, mm. but not yet. I don't. I don't always do it yet. I, I, as I say, he's not even beat. He's not even defended his belt against a lightweight yet. Let's, yeah. Let's see that, and that's not me diminishing what he's done against Volk. It's very it impressive. Makes... But absolutely, especially dispatching Volk in the manner that he did. Because all right, Volk was soft. He may not have been as sharp as normal, but you can't blame the gas tank or anything like that. That was no. That was as definitive as as it gets. He should leapfrog him in the pound for pound. That story is done. Islam is better than Volk. Moving on. Um, mm. So yeah, but that that's kind of all I've got to say about about that that main event. All right. Okay. So let's um let's move on to uh, Hamzat versus Kamara Usman again. Obviously, um, listen to this podcast. I'm very very sure that you're all aware. Again, um, it wasn't the fight that we we was expecting. Um, Kamara Usman has jumped in uh, at short notice, and Paolo Costa and did I, have a fight though. Did you see that? Yes. So I see. He <laughs> was. Uh, I mean, he was there, wasn't he? Just scrapping in the crowd. <laughs> scrapping. In. Some guy leapt over, there, like stood on the fence, oh, no. and like, leapt at him like Superman, just dove at him. I don't know what was going on there, but that was pretty fun. So Paolo Costa, I hope he got his show money at least uh, for, for yeah. having a scrap. <laughs> Didn't have to make weight, but he's had a scrap anyway. Um, they should definitely have some sort of like crowd prelims as well that you can get on Fight Pass, where you can just watch the kind of tear ups that happen in the crowd, like in between fights that would be great um i mean what did you make of this fight well when it came around i mean you might see a clip on the socials i think i got a bit giddy (laughs) and uh it was uh when we were watching it um i was so excited man i could not wait i was i thought this was so much a better fight than the costa fight i was really really excited about it and i think it delivered and it delivered in really? so many... Really? Yeah, man. 
It delivered in so many fascinating ways. Why didn't it deliver for you? Just, well, I mean, props to Usman. Um, I thought he looked good. At the time of watching it, I was getting bored. He was boring me, Jemayev. Um, I was thinking, look, you've got really good You're strike so in You're so anti-grappling. You're like... such an anti-grappling MMA fan. Years ago, before people got educated about it, and even probably now, you're the one in the crowd, you're like, stand him up, stand him no, up. No, I'm not. He's no, got I'm him not. in a triangle choke. Nah, stand him up, stand him Look, up. I like a mixture of martial arts in an event, right? And so I as like As long as the it's round. all the martial arts that take place on the feet. Taekwondo, yes, kickboxing, exactly karate. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All of them, yeah. Uh, the ones where they lay down, I don't, not so much. Um, no, but um, when it was standing and Usman was biting down on his gum shield and throwing, yeah. the fight got exciting. Yes, we know that hands up mauls people. And, and you know, the first takedown was, was fantastic. And But then I just thought, oh, it's after like three minutes, I'm like, come on. Like, this is just, it's not that, it's not that exciting. I disagree. Maybe I just, because I was watching it from a kind of like, I was presenting a show on TV. So maybe Mm. there was extra buzz and energy in me and I was trying to make sure everyone else was excited about it as Mm. well. You don't want to just watch it looking bored. You're you're trying to represent what's going on. Um, But for me, I... I found that exciting. I was like, I was watching that first round going, oh my God, we've never, ever seen Kamaru Usman bullied like that mm. before. Never. We've never seen it. This guy was pound for pound number one. He was long reigning welterweight champion. Uh, in my opinion, the second best welterweight of all time behind, behind George St. Pierre. Oh, welterweight is, is an interesting term as well, because well, that he, obviously is factored into this. Like, yes, that's fair. And Hamzat looked so huge in the face-off yeah. that they had and all that stuff. But Hamzat bullied him. He ten eight. I gave that ten eight. That was a ten eight for me. That, you gave that, that ten eight. I, I gave that I mean, 10-8. I see a few people. Um, Sean popped up. Uh, Severe MMA. Like he, he he popped up saying, you know, he's that a ten eight. Like it, it, it was absolute domination. But for the whole round, I, so domination and duration. That is what. As far as I'm aware, that's that's 10-8. And all the judges scored it 10-8 as well. Mm. How did you score did, it? How did you score the fight all three rounds? How did you score it? I, I had uh, Hamzap 2-1. to one, like. yeah. um, Do you know what was which, really weird? Which right? round did you give, give Usman? Because the scorecards are a bit all over the place from the judges. If I remember rightly, I gave him the second round. Right. Okay. Like, so- but what was interesting, just a little addendum to, to, to this... And it's my short-sightedness on it, and uh, and I'm speaking metaphorically there. I'm not that short-sighted, even though I'm old. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was when like I was thinking he's biting down now. At the end of the third, I was thinking, "Come on, mate, come on." His gas tank's looking good, uh, and I thought Jemayev's like looks like he's slowing down a little bit. He's not mm. throwing. Obviously, we know that he's why he's not throwing now. We know that he's got a broken hand. Um, so he so he says, uh, or so he says, uh, and I thought. Usman was coming into his own. Yeah. But then, with about 40 seconds to go, I had the realisation that it weren't five rounds. And I was like, oh, bollocks, it's three rounds. (laughs) (laughs) And what was weird was, he got offered that as a five-rounder, didn't he? And he turned it. 
Usman got offered that for five rounds. And it wasn't he a said five no. round with Costa, though, was it? Uh, I don't know, but this was the, in the post-fight chat where they're um, DC and Felder and that were chatting yeah. to Anik. He was offered five rounds, and he said no, and he took three. And I wonder if he's going to watch that back now and think bollocks. Like, I I think he he would if that. I didn't know that was the case. Mm. I thought it was always a yeah. three round because I assumed it no. was three rounds between Costa and no, Hamzat. He got offered he got offered that as a five as well. I think he might be kicking himself because so. Scoring-wise, the judges are a bit all over the place. All of them scored it a 10-8, as far as I'm aware, to uh, Hamzat Shemaev in round one, which I agree with. I felt like that dominance and duration, he had him. That, that, that's a 10-8 round to me. Um, then round two, I thought, was Usman. I thought he came back and, and did really well. Hamzat looked tired. He wasn't throwing. Maybe it was the, the broken hand, or maybe it was just he just gassed himself out. Um, and it was really interesting watching this with Tom Aspinall as well, because he was talking about how he was surprised that Hamzat was gassed out because he was in quite good positions from uh, from being so dominant. You know, Usman was the one carrying all his weight and doing all that stuff. Mm. Yes, doing the, the body triangle can take it out of your legs a little bit to, to wrap your legs around someone for that, that length of time. But I think Tom seemed surprised at how much Hamzat was struggling afterwards. But again, maybe it was the broken hand. Who knows? But round two, I gave to Usman. I thought, you know... But if you, if you had to say who was going to gas, though, Blake, you'd say it'd be the guy that took the fight on 11 days' notice. Well, quite. Exactly, yeah. Um, and uh, and second round, I gave to, to Usman. I felt like he, he got his jab going a little bit and stuffed the takedowns and, and all that stuff. And in the third round, Usman was clearly winning until the takedown... And then mm. I thought it got a bit murky because Hamzat did land a few ground and pound strikes. But honestly, I think there's a absolutely fine scorecard if you want to score round three for Usman. I thought that was a bit of a swing round and could have gone either mm. way. So there's a very good case for a draw, in my opinion. Very good mm. case for a draw. So, I mean, but I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't have a problem with the Hamzat win. I thought round three could go either way. So Hamzat winning, not a problem for me. Uh, but I think you 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 have to give props to Usman, as you say. And I have to say, I'd like to see him at middleweight again. I don't want to see him back down at welterweight. I don't think there's a huge amount for him to achieve down there. He was already a very dominant, brilliant champion down there. Is he going to get another title fight? Oh, maybe he's done the UFC a favour. If Colby Covington wins, Colby might want to get that fight back and everything. But as a fan, do I want to see Usman Covington three? Not really. Um, even though both of them were very good fights. Um, I'd like to see him at middleweight. Let's see how he goes. Uh, let's give Usman a full training camp and a little bit of time to stack on a bit of extra muscle. And let's see how he does then. I think he could be a force up at middleweight. I think he could do really, really well. Agreed. Agreed. Well, imagine okay. if you had... Well, I don't want to move on yet because I think we need to talk about what's going on next within well, with these two yeah, guys. Yeah, okay. But for Usman, I think let's say Hamzat gets the title shot next against Strickland, which is very possible. I, That's going to happen. That's going to happen. Well, it's hand not, if it's, it depends what the break is, I suppose. If it's yes, a bad injury, that, that's true. Now, I think Drickus Duplessis deserves the title shot over Hamzat. I think a win over Robert Whittaker is better than a win over Usman on eleven days' notice. Hundred percent. You should be giving it to Drickus. But if for whatever reason they don't and they do go for Hamzat. Does Drickus want to wait around? Does he need to stay active? Do you throw Usman into a fight with Drickus? 
Or do you throw I'm... Usman into a fight with Whitaker? Like Ooh. both of those fights, I'm I'm up for. I I, I want to see it. Usman Whitaker, yes, please. Never even considered that. That would be a yeah. lovely little scrap. Drickus, I I think he's just he's well. I don't know if I I, I guess if Hamzat's out for a while, maybe they give Drickus a shot. I don't know. Yeah. And but I mean, if you look at Drickus and you look at um, uh, Strickland, I mean. I think Usman's got a good chance of beating both of them. I've, well, Str- uh, Usman already has a win over Strickland from of the course, Welter yeah, it was a while days. ago though, wasn't but, it? Yeah, it's a long time. I think Strickland's yeah. massively improved, and Usman could be on the decline. Even though I thought he put great showing uh, last night, um, but uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to. I was going to try and bring up some other people. Oh well, Paulo Costa. What's going on with him? Like, when will he be back? Could we see Usman Paolo Costa? And I'll tell you what else would be really interesting is what that these people that make the rankings, that the UFC are like, well, it's the media, it's the whatever. I'm sure the UFC do have a hand in saying this guy is going to be ranked in the top five. And I wouldn't be surprised if a win over Kamara Usman, who was a welterweight contender, puts Hamza in the top five of middleweight, which makes zero sense. But let's see. Come Tuesday, when the rankings come out, mm. is Hamzat Chimaev ranked in the top five at middleweight after a win against an unranked Usman. I don't know because I don't know whether or not they can make a title fight between Hamza and Strickland without him being sort of like ranked somewhere, but maybe his ranking in welterweight counts. I don't, I don't know, but, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Hamza finds himself in the middleweight rankings and quite high mm. up next week, because that be just makes it more palatable when they make the title fight. See how that all moves around. I think it's yeah. going to be quite interesting, like you know, where Costa sits in that, and also um, that guy that obviously done the uh, the Superman uh, punch from uh, from the stands. Will he go top ten? He's got to be at least top fifteen. <laughs> He's my new favourite fighter. What's his What's his name? Frog Boy. Um, but uh, just before we move on, Hamzat versus Strickland. What was your, What's your initial thoughts on that fight? Uh, I, I think Hamzat starts exactly how he started with Usman and just mauls him straight down. And and I think people talk about Strickland's got good wrestling and I know it's nowhere near the league of what um, Usman or, or, or uh, Hamzat's got. But I don't know. I'm not writing Sean Strickland off anymore. Like, he shook the world. And Let's, uh, let's just paint a picture. Hamzat 10-8 Sean Strickland in round one. Mm. And Hamzat is in a five-round fight against a guy in Strickland who's got unbelievable cardio. Well, we're told Hamzat's got unbelievable cardio, but I don't no, know where it was last night. When have we been told that? He's always been like absolutely solid with his cardio. No, he hasn't. He just trucks everyone in round one, other than <laughs> Gilbert Burns, and then Gilbert Burns came back into the fight because his cardio wasn't mm. great, I think. I don't think anyone's ever said, Stu Whiffin, you need to, you know, get off those fancy rolls, mate. They're doing something to your brain. <laughs> I don't think anyone's been saying Hamzat's cardio is good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think if Sean Strickland could survive round one against Hamzat, even if he's absolutely demolished by him, and then we come out for round two and you see Hamzat breathing a little bit heavy and Sean Strickland's going like he's going for a walk in the park because his cardio is so good. We could have a really interesting fight on our hands. 
Really interesting. But uh, mm. but I, I would pick Hamzat to win and I'd pick him to do it early, but you never know. He's, John- he's, yeah, I'd, I'd be amazed if, if Hamzat's going to entertain the thought of standing and, and striking with Sean Strickland. It's, it's, it's not the game plan, is it? He's going to do what he does no. best and that does not do Sean Strickland any favours. No, apparently um, there are some... Um, They've sparred together a few times, and apparently the stories are that Ham is pretty one-sided in Hamzat's favour. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Walker and Kalaev. This was a unique one, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I was actually really looking forward to this fight. Mm. Uh, I, I thought that this, you know, such contrasting styles. I thought this could make for something really fun. Um, we didn't get any of that. Um, it was just a very, very odd. I don't know. Have you heard what apparently was, was the doctor said to him? I've heard two different accounts. When I was on that live broadcast, they were in my ear saying, we found out that the doctor said, what round is it? And Johnny Walker didn't know. So they called the fight off. But since then, I think Dana White has come out and said something like, they asked him where he was. Johnny Walker said, I'm in the desert. And, you know, translation issues, whatever it is, the the doctor thought he had no idea where he was. Mm. So he's called it. Very difficult. I I spoke to some people after the fight that were just like fight fans, and their general consensus was they thought that Walker was over-egging it a bit. And then that's why... He pretended he didn't really know what was going on and was trying to fight Ankalaev and pushing the ref and getting all angry about it all when really he didn't want any of it. Now, I think that's quite unfair. I don't really like that sentiment. You watch that knee. It is 100% an illegal knee to a downed opponent and it catches him flush on the chin. That is going to rattle you. So, yeah, so I, I don't really blame... Johnny Walker at all, really. Um, but I do think that afterwards, I didn't like his actions afterwards. I, you, you don't don't push the ref. The ref that mm. stop him. It was very clear what was going on. I feel, feel like, yeah, his actions were strange in terms of like afterwards. No his problem. actions are generally strange. That's true. You know, That's he, true he, he's are. a he's a strange fella. Yeah, um, but but to kind of the ref clearly waves it off in your face. And then you go to fight, the ref pulls you back, and then you start pushing the ref away. I'm like, no, oh, don't do that. Like, yeah, I, I ref's like doing that. his job. The doctor's ref... called to fight, not the ref. 100%. Not the ref's fault at all. The doctor said he can't continue. Uh, so, yeah. So I didn't like that. And then it all seems to kill. Ankalaev clearly not happy about it all. Ankalaev can't catch a break. <laughs> can't catch no, a break. No, he's, had he's at the support group, luck. hasn't he? He's at the support no. group. He's joined it. Who was, who was <laughs> there in the support group? You've got Bilal, Drikus, Mirab. Yeah. Someone else like, was in there as well. Ankalaev sitting in Leon's old seat, isn't he? Mm. Like, but, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, and, and fair play to, I mean, not I say fair play, it wasn't fair play, he needed a damned opponent. Um, but, you know, we, we, we see these things happening in the sport, obviously. Um, yeah. But Ankalaev, you know, arguably, you know, should be fighting for the belt. Uh, but I think that, 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 that last outing didn't do him any favours, and I don't think this one's going to do him any more. So I think he could still be floating about in that division and uh, and not actually sort of getting any further up the the ladder to get that shot and and and, and I think you've got a feel for the guy because 
I'll say that. He didn't help himself last night, but I don't think Johnny Walker helped himself last night. Uh, no, but, but Ankalaev is the one to blame. Let's not, you know, don't yeah. blame the victim. I mean, his actions after the fact were strange. I didn't like those. Mm. But you can't blame the guy that's on his knee because the other guy need him in the face when he shouldn't have done yeah. it. That's not his fault. This is like the Aljamain Sterling thing. You might not like Aljamain Sterling's actions after he was given the belt because of the disqualification against Piotr Jan. But it's Jan's fault. Jan yeah. was the idiot that threw the knee when he shouldn't have done it. And mm. Jesus, look at how costly it's been since. But mm. you can't blame the person that got illegally need. You have to blame the person that threw the strike. Very obvious that he was down. He was on his knee. It wasn't like those situations that we had earlier in the night with Mohamed Makayev, where still Tim Elliott was doing the wrong thing. But it was maybe a bit trickier because you've seen moments recently in fights where... I mean, there's lots to be said on that that fight and them knees. I'm looking forward to getting into that. Sure, um, yeah. But, think, but my point yeah. being that... You know, when someone is kind of in that sort of like front headlock position and they're Mm. putting their hands down to touch the floor so that you can't knee them. But we've seen people lift them off the floor and knee or they take their hand off the mat. So someone tries to throw a knee quickly before they put it Mm. back down, stuff like that. This wasn't that. This was someone Mm. on their knee. They were Mm. on their knee, not on their feet. They were on their You You can't do that. So... Yeah, it it was a silly, silly strike. I'm assuming they'll just rebook it. This is what I'm thinking. It's, it's got to be, isn't it? It's like there's no other fights, I think, in that division that makes for an exciting fight. Maybe they'll spin this to make it, you know, look like they'll probably show the footage of the the, the, the scrap after the thing, you know, them mm. trying to get at each other. And I think, you know, you can see that being marketed to kind of whip up a bit of interest because Johnny Walker's always in exciting fights and uh, and fun fights. Uh, Ankle Live, not so much. And I think, you know, there's a bit of history now. Uh, and I think it makes sense to just remake this fight. Yep, I agree. I agree. Uh, one guy that had an unsurprisingly fantastic night was uh, Ikram Alaskarov, just absolutely mauled, well, smashed uh, Alvarez, hit him with a great jab. Uh, Carl Frampton was was there uh, next to me uh, at the live thing saying, oh, this guy's got a good jab. And then the next thing you knew, Ikram Alaskarov just jabbed Wally Alves back, who really felt it, and then came in with that beautiful jumping switch knee right through the guard, j- just took him out, uh, and then hit the ground <laughs> and pound as well. Um, as I One said, of the highlights that for me last night. Yeah, I, I think that was he fantastic. He got a bonus. Uh, I think Alaskarov. Mm. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. As well as, I think, Islam and uh, Mikhaev and someone else, I can't remember. Maybe Saeed Nurmagomedov, I'm not sure. But um, but yeah, Aliskerov looking really, really good. As I said on the preview show, he is one to watch. The UFC think very highly of him. They've tried twice to book him against ranked opponents in only his second UFC fight. Uh, mm. They both fell through. It didn't work out. So now I think they're definitely going to do that. Dana White was asked in the press conference, like, are you going to struggle to get a top 10 middleweight to accept a fight against Adeskerov. He said, yes, we will struggle because he's that good, but we're going to have to try and make it happen. Who Have you got any ideas of who you'd like to see Adeskerov fight? You clearly have. Well, I always have. You know me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Jack Manson, he's in the top 10. Uh, he's not got a fight booked. And he's one of these guys that feels like he's kind of taken on that gatekeeper sort of 100%. role. 100%. Um, otherwise, you've got maybe the loser of a fight coming up in November between uh, Brendan Allen and our good friend Paul Craig. Not that I want to do that to Paul Craig. I really want Paul Craig to win against Brendan Allen, obviously. But it does make sense that the loser of that fight mm. could be open to a fight with Alaskarov. But we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, I think Jack Manson makes a lot of sense. He's not got a fight booked, and Alaskarov can probably fight straight away. So that makes a lot of sense. That's a smart fight. Yep. Yeah, um, absolutely. Right. Uh, Saeed uh, Nurmagomedov was the uh, opening fight of the main card. Did you want to talk about that? I mean, he didn't muck about it, did he? Didn't muck about it. I love Saeed Nurmagomedov. And I have to say, I'm going to toot my own horn here. Horn here. As we were on the uh, the broadcast, I was talking about Saeed Nurmagomedov's guillotine. I was saying he shows great kicks. He's got a fantastic, nasty guillotine. Boom. Next thing you know, Gufrov straight into the guillotine. Job's done. And he was out quick. Like, he really lost consciousness quickly. And it was like one of those modified guillotine, wasn't it? It wasn't like to the side. Mm. He sort of had almost like a... A, a rear naked choke type grip or like a dars type mm. grip around his neck. It was, it was interesting um, kind of modified guillotine that he had. But yeah, he's someone again that I'd love to see fight a ranked guy at, at, at Bantamweight. He's only lost once in, in a really long time. And that was against Jonathan Martinez, who got that uh, leg kick KO of Adrian Yanez uh, last week. So I, I think Saeed deserves a, a ranked guy next. I think that's coming 100%. Yep. Yeah, very uh, on last night's nice performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Brits. So, uh, yeah. Didn't impress me. Oh, for goodness sake, Stu. You're so, I don't know what <laughs> when to he do flipped you, him, when he, when he turned him upside down, right? We're talking yeah, about Mokayev, cool. Tim Elliott, by the way. Yeah, I love Tim Elliott. And uh, 
Yeah, and, and I what's just... your beef with Mak- with Mokayev? Um, first two rounds boring. Like I just I just don't think he's that exciting to watch. Like Tim Elliott's style is exciting to watch. Uh, Mokayev's he just doesn't excite me. And like and I, I just you know he, he, his record's phenomenal, but I just think his fights are, are, are all right. Like, I, I can't get super hyped about him. You know, he gets them decisions and, and he finds himself getting out of messes really well. But is that a good thing? Well, it's oh, he's ex- really think- good at getting out of a mess. He shouldn't be in the fucking mess if he's that good. <laughs> and, like, and, and, and Tim Elliott, I mean, fuck me, he's got big arms, Tim Elliott, by the way. Um, but, uh, like, I thought Elliott was looking pretty decent. And, and obviously... Uh, who was it? The apparently fault that got him in that ridiculous heel hook. Um, Jafal Filo. That's right. And uh, and again, yes, we're all talking about how incredible it was that his leg was bent the wrong way and he got out of it and still won. But why are you in them situations? Like I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm just. And it, it feels to me that the hype machine around him has definitely got a lot quieter because I think you know. The fights aren't that exciting to watch, and the only things that are, that are memorable are him getting out of messes. And like, don't get me wrong. Last night, when when he picked up Elliot and turned him upside down, it was like, and the way he done it, how he slipped out and got it, it was fucking great. Just, I don't know. I just can't get that excited about him. See, you've you've said two things there that like, I think are almost like counterintuitive or whatever. Like the. The fact that he gets into all these messes and gets out of them, like he was in like a deep sort of like triangle armbar and picked mm. him Elliot up and slammed him on his head. And mm. then there was the uh, other moments where he got illegally kneed and then he was able to turn him over, like you said, in that in that third round. Um, the Jafal Filo knee bar and everything as well. But I think that him getting himself in those messes is kind of exciting. Is it good? No. No, it's not good for him. It's not what his corner will want. None of that stuff. But I actually All think right. him finding himself in no himself in those messes is kind of exciting to watch. Okay, so if you was to watch a highlight reel, whose would you want to watch? Because Makayev's ain't in the ain't in the top ten on this fight on on, the, on this roster of fighters that we're looking at now. Who's going to want to watch Makayev's highlight reel? What's on there that you got? Tell me about an exciting finish you got that looked amazing. His debut against Durden, fly, flying knee and like his debut, it was first round knockout. Yeah, we were there. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Just, All right, you, got, you got me on that one. Fair. Like, no, I, because because at that point I was on the train. I was like, yeah, this is it. This this guy's legit. We know all about his his amateur record, and it's super exciting. But I can't. After that, it's just been all right. And, yeah, the highlights are going to be his leg bent the wrong way. That's the highlight reel. Mm. That's what everyone's going to remember. Him getting beaten at that point, you know, yes, he got out of it and won the fight. Great. But I don't know. I don't think his highlight reel is very exciting. Okay. Well, I, I don't know how much I agree with that. But one thing you did say that I do agree with is that um, – the hype train has quietened a little bit. It definitely mm. has. There was only, you know, like a year ago or a year and a bit ago, p- 
people were talking about this guy as a future two-weight world champion. There was the, like not just a flyweight, future He was talking about it yesterday. Champion. I mean, look, he's very young. He's only 23. He could still do it. But mm-hmm. I think when we're seeing him in these situations where he does have trouble with the likes of Tim Elliott or Malcolm Gordon's on his back or Jafal Filo's got his knee, stuff like that, I think, well, you haven't fought the cream of the crop yet. And you look at the top of that flyweight division and you're looking at the likes of, and even in bantamweight, if you want to talk about him going up as well, but you look at Brandon Moreno, you look at, I know Davidson Figueredo has got a fight booked against Rob Font, I think, but let's include Davidson in that. Um, uh, Alexandre Pantoja, Mateus Nicolau, Kaikara France, Amir Albazi, you know, people like that. Like, I'm not saying he can't win those fights, but from what I've seen, I wouldn't favour him over the likes of Brandon Moreno or Pantoja and stuff like that. So I think, you know, he's... He's still got. He's only twenty three. He will grow and he will learn. But at the moment, these difficult spots that he's putting himself in against the top, top, top guys, they'll finish him. They'll mm. they'll get that finish. Um, but I do think he deserves a step up. Tim Elliott is a good fighter and a tough fighter. Um, he does need a step up now. Um, Mohamed McIver was talking about being the backup fighter in the Pantoja Royval uh, pay-per-view in, in December. I, I don't think he's ready for that. I, there was I, talk of Kaikara France. He was, he was throwing that name about. See, the only reason I don't like the Kaikara France talk is I really need to see Kaikara France versus Manel Cap after all the beef that they had in Australia. Like, there was so much back and forth. You have to make that fight. You mm. have to go Manel Cap, Kaikara France. That, that, that's it. You, you need to settle that beef. I'm here for it. I want to see it. There's going to be good build-up. Those guys are going to be at each other. Like, Manel Cap stood up to Adesanya and was like, who are you? I'm like, this yeah. guy's crazy. Um, so I want to see that fight. He obviously did say some of uh, uh, homophobic things in the case yeah, I wasn't yeah, yeah. a big fan of. But leading up to that point, I was in. And I, I would really love to see uh, Cap versus... Um, versus Kaikara France. I think that'd be a fantastic fight. So who does that leave for Mikhaev in terms of like getting a step up? Because he's still got a finish over Tim Elliott. And he took some illegal knees. Let's not, you know, I know they weren't as clear cut as maybe the Johnny Walker one, but he did take some illegal knees. And I think one of them even cut his head open and he still just wiped the blood away and was like, let's go. So um, you've got to give props to Mohamed Mikhaev for that. I'm not hating on him. I just don't think he's exciting. Sounds a bit like you're hating on him, mate. No. Right, I'll tell you what. Who come through around the same time into the UFC, right? Paddy the Baddy Pimlet and Ian Gary, right? There's three fighters there that had a lot of hype coming in. And look at what all three of them have done in the time they've been in there. I mean, Ian Gary, it's beyond exciting to watch. Paddy, I guess he gets clipped and, and he just gets involved in, you know, fun fights. I know he's not fighting at the level of opposition that Mikhaev is um but Ian Gary is and I think that them certainly Ian Gary is a farm as, as overtook him and the hype train on Ian Gary is way more exciting and interesting than what it is but what we all expected from Mikhaev when he came into the UFC um, uh, yeah, that's I, that's I, I that's that. that's my thoughts I just don't think he's he's really excited the world after you know what yeah. everyone was expecting yeah, no, I think that's 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 probably fair. Um, 
I'm just I saying think, that in case he comes on the podcast. <laughs> but no, I think that um, I think Mateus Nikolaou is a good shout for. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling that for Mokayev. I think I'm trying to look where where is uh, Nikolaou ranked. I'll have to pull up the rankings, but I know he's he's firmly in the top ten, if not the top five. I think he is ranked six, Mateus Nikolaou, and he's coming off a loss uh, to um, to a who did he lose to? Was it? Brandon Royval that he lost to, I think. I think he lost to Brandon Royval. So he's going to have to fight someone behind him. Uh, and I, I think Mohamed Bakayev will probably be 10th on Tuesday, taking over Tim Elliott's spot. Haven't seen Matt Schnell fight for a while. I don't think Alex Perez the same. He always kind of seems to have problems with in and out of fights. Um, so Mateus Nikolaou's the guy. That's the next test for Mohamed Bakayev for me. And then after that, maybe you give him a number one contender shot or, or, or something like that, or maybe even a title shot if you really feel like he's earned it. I don't think Amir Albazi should be taking that fight. He did mention Amir Albazi, but Amir Albazi beat Kaikara France recently in a controversial close decision, but he beat him. And, um, and, I, and I think he should be looking forward uh, to, to, to fighting, you know, top guys and, and going for belts and things. So uh, Mohamed Makaya versus Nicolau is, is the fight to make for me. Okay. Um, the other fight that, that 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 was on just before that was Trevor Peak versus Mohamed uh, Yaya. Um, what did you make of that? I thought Peak um, was an exciting fight to watch. So this was around the time that I was doing rehearsals and filming other bits for the show. So ah. I did not. There was a lot of the prelims that, to be honest, I didn't really get to watch because of. So did you miss Bullbag Gate? Ball bag gate. I, I saw a little bits of it going on, but I didn't see the strike. And I did. I, I saw Victor Henry rolling around on the floor. And then did something happen where the doctor was like, "No, you didn't get hit in the balls or something like that." Initially, and when you watch when you watch the replays, the foot goes in. You know, clips him right at the top of his thigh. But as you know, uh, you know, you, you've not got to get oofed right hard in between your legs to hurt your nuts. You know, it can be a little clip in the right spot, but. I've never seen anyone react like that. Like he couldn't stand and he kept trying to get up and then he'd go back down again and he was in bother and they sort of popped the clock up uh, about sort of four minutes 30 and it was like, oh, this this ain't going to happen. And uh, and yeah, and then they, they, they called it, which was quite strange. And from, you know, he had to be sort of helped out at the ring by um, his, uh, his, his, his trainer, Josh Barnett. And uh, and then from what we know, apparently um, when they sort of interviewed, I think it was uh, I think it was Megan afterwards talking about the, the, the fighters that, that sustained injuries um, when they mentioned sh- um, uh, uh, th- uh, what's his name's uh, hand, uh, Chmaev's hand. They mentioned uh, that Victor Henry had sort of literally the minute he got you know out of the, the octagon, he was throwing up, and uh, so it, he'd he'd gone to the hospital to. Uh, to get his dinkle looked at, and, uh, and <laughs> I'm sorry. his dinkle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what a little playground phrase! Oh, his dinkle. Oh God, that's absolutely killed me. Victor Henry's gone to hospital to get his dinkle looked at. <laughs> I think we've lost our minds. Oh, How PG? Of all the things that we say on this show sometimes, and yet say dinkle. 
Oh, God. oh fantastic! Well, um, Thoughts and uh, prayers. Another go- um, another voice and prayers for his dinkle. Um, <laughs> I, uh, another thing. Uh, another guy that got hit in the balls a couple of times was our our good friend Nathaniel Wood. Uh, now well, again, uh, full disclosure. Go on. I've not seen this fight. Oh, okay. And, uh, I turn and obviously we love Nate. You know he's been so supportive of the podcast, and and uh, whenever we've bumped into him, he's he's such an, uh, a a top lad. Um, I was out and I got in and turned the prelims on. I never realised that Nate was on the Fight Pass prelims, uh, and I tried to watch the Fight Pass prelims this morning, and Fight Pass was giving me jit, uh, absolute jit, and I couldn't get it, couldn't get it to play, uh, and so. And I know that you was kind of in the midst of, of, of your um, rehearsals and stuff um, at this yeah, point as so well. Yeah, so again, during the prelims is when we were sort of like going through notes. The other thing was obviously um, that, that completely threw me and was a bit of a, a you know proper learning on the job type thing is uh, Sir Bobby Char- Charlton sadly passed away yesterday. That's right. And obviously because he's such a sporting legend, we were like an hour and a half or two hours from from going on. And the producer comes to me and goes, right, we need to change everything because at the top of the show, we need to obviously reference Bobby Charlton and put up a little kind of like obit kind of um, a screen thing with, with Sir Bobby Charlton on it. So I had to learn all about that as as well. Uh, uh, so and, and, and do that. And obviously, rightfully so, because he's, he's a British sporting Absolutely. legend. Um and uh, and yeah, so so basically there was there was a lot going on. And I, I, Nate's fight was sort of going on on the TV mm. out the corner of my eye. So all I saw from the Nate fight, and again, I'd have to rewatch it to have a proper indication of it, is he got hit twice low blow with knees. Mm. A point was not taken. And I think when it happens twice and it's clearly affected, I think a point should be taken, man. 100% got, on, on that second be, one. There's got to be something. Um, on top of that, I felt like Nate won round three from what I saw. Again, towards the end, he seemed to be pushing the pace and winning round three. But again, without watching the whole of the fight, round one and two yeah. did look like Naimov took it, maybe with a bit stronger grappling and stuff. But again, I might be wrong about that because I did see Nate sort of drop him uh, against the fence, but it was after he'd already been rocked as well. So yeah. so I don't know. I don't know if it was a controversial decision. I don't know if Nate, um, if a lot of people scored it a win for Nate. I'm not sure. There was a, the stuff I saw on socials, people were ranting. Saying really? like, Nathaniel won that fight, yeah. Really? Well, that's that's interesting. I, I I need to go back and rewatch it, but watch mm. it properly. But my my takeaways were: was he struggling with the size of Naimov? Because Naimov's a big dude uh, for the weight class, um, and uh, and and should the point have been taken for those low blows? Mm. Now, as I say, Nate won round three for me. So one and two, I'd, I'd have to rewatch. But from the little I saw, I saw a lot of Naimov kind of pinning him down and and, and working from top position. So, but I'd have to, I'd have to rewatch it. So that's not a necessarily a great indictment of of what happened. If you haven't watched it, and if you have watched it, yeah. I hope you're not shouting at me because I I genuinely haven't seen it. I'm just telling you what I saw from my periphery while I was working on on other things. But obviously, if there are people out there on the socials complaining about this decision then my heart goes out to Nate because I love Nate great guy I've chatted with him a few times we've had him on the show a few times he's a really good guy and he's a very talented fighter and he didn't have to take this fight you know he was 3-0 no. at and he took a fight against a guy that's had one fight at lightweight on short notice and then is coming down for his featherweight debut 
and it was dangerous because he's a big dude, this guy, and he knocked out Jamie And Malarkey Nathan's not. Night. You know, Nathaniel's come up. Like, that's the thing. Like, we, we've had these conversations that you do think, how's Nate going to get on when he starts fighting the bigger people in that division? Yes. And like you say, if that fella's just dropped down, he's a big boy. And yeah. uh, and it's a shame because, you know, so far Nathaniel's been on a tear at 145. And, yeah. uh, and I'm sure... You know he's got a great team around him and a great gym, so um, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for him. And because uh, he's never in a boring fight. Yeah, and also, I mean, I know that the the heroes of the short notice were were Volkanovski and Usman, and, and rightfully so. But Nate did take his fight on relatively short notice as well. Mm. I don't know if if it was put together on short notice or if Nate replaced on on short notice, but uh, Nate only had like three or four weeks or whatever it was to prepare for this fight against a dangerous, dangerous opponent in Abu Dhabi as well. Yeah. So you're hoping that the UFC go, we respect that you're just taking fights from anyone. Let's give you a fight, probably against an unranked guy, because you're coming off a loss. But we thought you did really well in that last fight. There's extenuating circumstances with either the judging or the you know the, the low blows and all that kind of stuff. <coughs> so let's uh, let's give you... Uh, you know, a decent fight with an unranked opponent. And then if you win that fight, you can go against the ranked guy after that, maybe. Maybe that's what we, we should be doing. Because as you say, Nate, it, there's not a lot of finishes in Nate's recent fights, but he always puts on good scraps. You know, he, he's a guy yeah. that goes to decision a lot, but they're never boring decisions. He always puts on really good fights. He gets clipped, but he clips them. He, he mixes in takedowns as well with striking. He's a good boxer. So yeah, Nate's always a really entertaining fighter. So I, I hope the UFC... Give him a bit of credit for that. Give him a, a decent match. And then maybe if he wins that, push him forward a bit. Absolutely. Um, the other fight I think uh, we, we should mention is um, he, the Bullet, and uh, who got the, the three-round win over Bruno Silva. Right. Um, did, you, did you get to see this fight? I didn't get to see it. All I heard was Dana talking about him and saying he's really good, but I can't believe a Dagestani has got no takedown defence. So that's, that's all I've seen on it. Considering the you know the the, the, the hype and obviously he's, he's twelve and zero, um, it, it didn't look super exciting. I thought the fight was quite average, and uh, it probably wasn't the statement that that he wanted. Because of, because of your track record, we're saying it wasn't exciting. It makes me think it was actually a brilliant fight. It just wasn't for Stu Griffin. No. no. Like, I'll tell you what, listeners, um, yeah, let, let let us know. Let us know if you thought that fight was uh, underwhelming because the guy looks terrifying. Yeah, he, he looks does. absolutely terrifying. I'll tell you, he looked terrifying. Before they started, Chemaev, oh when he was God. on his knees and he looked up and you could oh. just see like the whites of his eyes, he looked like a dog about to just tear into someone. Well, he was, it, but he looked terrifying. The start of the co-main event is just one of the favourite starts to a fight I've ever <laughs> seen. Like, when I say start, I mean before the fights even started. Like yeah. Chemaev looked like a supervillain. He looked so evil, I feel like it's yeah. the stuff of nightmares. Looking at that man. <laughs> <laughs> that looks huge frame just crouched yeah. over with his head down but his eyes looking up at you in this like yeah. really menacing way and then you looked over at Usman who was also crouched down but he was just like yeah I'm so ready let's go he was just nonplussed by the whole thing he was just loose and just going for it I was like this is the best opening to like before <laughs> a fight's even begun that I have seen in a long time I absolutely loved it yeah totally totally Okay, well, look. I mean, is that is that all she wrote for this episode? I'm trying to think. We've um, I think it we, is. 
we can touch on the bonuses again. Um, I know we, we, we threw a few out. Performance of the night went to Islam. Um, uh, the other performance went to um, Ikram, um, which we uh, definitely agree with that one. Um, and you're right, Nurma Gamedov got the other one. Uh, performance of the night, Mikhaev. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. That, I mean, if that's not telling you you're wrong, Stu, then I don't know what to say. Please inform us if Stu's just really anti Mikhaev because, uh, yeah, I think I think you're being harsh. I think you're being harsh on, on old Mo there. Um, and I would like to get him on the show. Uh, so stop being a dick. Um, but stop, stop being a dinkle. <laughs> stop being a dinkle. Um, Thoughts and prayers to Victor Henry. Oh, um, Louise. Um, Yes, so, uh, yeah, I suppose we should quickly mention Gamcare. Uh, yes, let's do and, that. And after that, we will tell you who we've got coming up on the show uh, next week as well. We've, we've had an interview with a, a top fighter on the show that will be coming out next week. But before we do, uh, Gamcare are a fantastic charity uh, that um, uh, work with people with gambling addictions. If you are suffering from a gambling addiction or if you are someone that is... Um, a friend or a family member of someone with a gambling addiction, Gamcare can really, really help you. They have a 24-7 helpline. They have little kind of chat boxes on their uh, website where you can talk to someone without actually having to speak to them on the phone if you're a bit nervous about that. And also they can get you counselling sessions as well. Uh, and again, not just if you're the one suffering, but if you're a friend or a family member of someone suffering with a gambling addiction, you can get counselling sessions as well because it can have a huge impact on your life, on your mental health, on everything Please, 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 if you're someone into gambling, either don't do it or try and do it incredibly responsibly. Because if you are someone that is taking out loans, if you have got debts because of your gambling, if you're, you know, the money's coming in your paycheck and then you're spending it straight away because you're gambling, have a little look at yourself and, and see if you might uh, benefit from some, some help from Gamcare. Stu, have you got the, uh, the details? Yep, you can call free on 0808 8020 That's 0808 8020 Alternatively, if you don't want to uh, pick up the phone, you just want to reach out to them on the website um, and talk to them on the little chat box that Blake mentioned. It's gamcare, G-A-M-C-A-R-E dot org dot UK. That's gamcare dot org dot UK. And yeah, that also, should... like, just to say, you know, that there is a stereotype of uh, uh, gamblers being like, down the races like older men all that kind of stuff but it's not that you know you go there's stuff on your phone now slot machines all that kind of stuff uh and it is affecting a much younger demographic than it ever used to so you know please don't think gambling addiction just means you know 50 odd year old men's down the racetrack or whatever it is it is also younger people on their phones slot machines bingo whatever arcade stuff all that kind of stuff so uh yeah please uh just be, Absolutely. be kind to yourselves and get the help you need if you need it. Absolutely. Well, look, we've mentioned um, some former guests of the show um, on this episode. Um, Nathaniel Wood, as we said, we've had Nate on a couple of times. Always a fascinating chat. Uh, one of our very first episodes was with uh, Nate's trainer, Brad Pickett, absolute UK legend of MMA. Go check out our chat with um, Brad Pickett. Uh, and also uh, the man at the top of the tree, uh, headlining the card last night, Alexander Volkanovsky. We've had him on twice. And uh, you've all seen um, Alexander chat. He's always ace and uh, and Vol- 
Cult delivered on both episodes, so go check them out. And there's a real who's who of, uh, of other amazing MMA fighters in the archives, and they're all available to listen for free. But who's coming next? Well, uh, we uh, have Mick Parkin, who is a training partner uh, at times of, of Tom Aspinall, who we've also had on the show, so please go out and check that Tom Aspinall one we had. Um, and Mick Parkin, uh, English uh, heavyweight with uh, one is contender series fight, then he won his uh, initial UFC fight against Jamal Pokes, and he has a fight lined up in November as well on the undercard of uh, Paul Craig versus Brendan Allen in uh, in November. So uh, Mick Parkin, we could have a really interesting um, selection of, of British heavyweights coming through if, if, if Mick can do anywhere near as well as, as Tom Aspinall has done and he, he spoke on the show about learning from Tom, training with Tom and just outside the cage how much Tom has helped him as well with different things but we'll save that for the for the episode so please check out our episode that will be coming out I believe next week with Mick Parkin hashtag soft lad that will make a lot of sense when you listen to that episode <laughs> alright well look, we're back next time um, yeah we'll see you soon bye guys 